reading from the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, beginning with verse 11. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne, and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, you might ask after hearing that hymn, well, preacher, how do you know that Jesus is merciful? Right? How do we know that? Sometimes Jesus has been presented as some angry person with a sword just waiting to hack everybody up, right? If they don't get right. Get yourself straight or Jesus is going to barbecue you. Y'all have heard those sermons. Don't act like you hadn't. They're out there. How do we know Jesus is merciful? Well, I invite you to hear a story from the Word of God about the mercy of Christ. A reading from the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed Himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and He showed Himself in this way. Gathering there together were Simon Peter, Thomas Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Galilee, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 
153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. The second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So simply put, how do I know that Jesus is merciful? Because three times, three times, he asked Peter, do you love me? Three times. I'm struck by the idea that Peter jumped into the lake when they were in boats and could have rowed to shore. Have you ever noticed that? Some people say it's because Peter is impetuous and that his impetuousness, if that's a word, shows up all the time in the Gospels. And I just don't know if I buy that or not. Maybe he was just excited, right? I mean, they're in the midst of something that has never happened before now they saw jesus raise lazarus from the dead but they all expected him to die again right but jesus being raised after being crucified man that's never happened they're in the midst of a brand new thing and so all bets are off as far as the imagination goes and how we would expect them to behave we have no clue how we would behave in that event because we actually haven't seen that with our own eyes. But we have the eyes of faith. And we know the, the bell that rings in our own heart when the pastor says at the beginning of the service, Christ is risen, and we say, Christ is 
And we hear that joy, that feeling of, I believe this. And I think that's the excitement that drove Peter into the water. But do you know, 100 yards is a long way to swim in a lake at night, isn't it? No lights on the shore, not sure what direction you're going. I guess he could aim for the fire, but you know, when you're swimming along, it's hard to see a fire on the shore. Peter must have been a pretty good swimmer. Is that fair to say? Trying hard not to psychologize the text, because our preaching professor told us don't do that. So Peter must have been a pretty decent swimmer. And that reminds me of a story I was told about Martin Luther. That Martin Luther said that when we come to the baptismal font, we come to die. And that's in our liturgy. We come and we die to ourselves and are raised to new life in Christ. It's also in Romans 6, I think it is. There's all of that kind of compounding energy happening to us where we are suppressed beneath the water and we rise in new life in Christ. That's cool, isn't it? Martin Luther said some people were better swimmers than others. <laughs> and I got to think about old Peter and how Peter was drawn into this thing with Jesus. To follow this guy around and hear and see all of the amazing things that he did, just the things that are recorded in John alone. It must have been an amazing experience. But yet there was something in him that wasn't quite ready to drown with Jesus. Some part of him that wasn't quite ready to be as bold as his mouth was. You ever felt that way before? You ever written a check with your mouth that you knew you couldn't cash with your butt? <laughs> Jesus told him, you can't come with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Boy, when you hear that, you think, that's right, Peter, you tell him, I'm right there with you, man. But you let the AC go out in church for a month. I promise you, some of y'all won't be here. Why y'all laughing? That's not funny. <laughs> when I was talking about the tent crusade, somebody was thinking, it's going to be hot under that thing. I'm not going. There's no sweating in church. Lord, why can't I not follow you? Jesus answered, will, will, will you? Will you, Peter? Will you lay down your life for me? You know what Peter said? Though all the rest of these jerks might leave you, Jesus. All the rest of them will become deserters because of you. I will never desert you. Y'all know what happened, don't you? We heard it when we read the Passion story on Palm Passion Sunday. We heard it Thursday night. We heard it Friday night. It looms over Peter. Peter. 
Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Denied knowing him, denied having been with him, denied having anything to do with him. What must that have been like for Peter? Again, we don't want to psychologize the text, but have you not betrayed someone and regretted it? I have. Don't we all know what that feels like? To wish we could take something back. And oh, isn't the worst of it when there's bad blood between us and someone else and they die? And we've lost that chance to make peace, to show mercy. We've lost that chance to make things right. And oh, it's even worse when someone says to us, you're dead to me because of our betrayal, isn't it? We might not be able to pick apart Peter's brain, but we know how we feel when we let the people that we love down. And so we can imagine the hurt that Peter must have been experiencing after the resurrection. How in the world did I not believe him? And so Jesus comes to reveal himself to these people. John said he showed himself in this way first by instructing them on where the fish were. And they called 153, and, and many interpreters have tried to make something of 153. I think that's just supposed to give some historical details so we know this thing happened. Because like all good fishermen, they counted the fish so they could tell everybody, right? 153, there was an abundance and the net didn't break. That might speak to us but our current situation that our net is not going to break if we're loving and compassionate to people unlike us. It might speak to us about the purpose of the church to bring in every species of fish, some of the early church fathers said, because 153 was pretty close to the list they had of all the species of fish. Who knows, right? We know there's more than 153 species of fish now, so that, that illustration just breaks down. But that's not the whole of what's happening. The whole of what's happening is they were doing it on their own and they were fruitless, right? They didn't know what to do. They'd never been through this before, so they went fishing. They went back to work. One of my favorite commentators on John said they still had to eat. So they went back to supporting themselves because they had no idea what was next and they probably felt dismayed. And so Jesus comes and reveals himself to them by providing for them. And in this season that we are in, this time of uncertainty, we can trust Jesus to do that for us as well. To meet us in the uncertainty. And to tell us where to put our nets. But it will require humility and prayer. They could have said, dude, you're a carpenter. What do you know about fishing? But instead they listened to his instructions and let down the net. And the other way 
the next thing that he did to show himself to them was to draw Peter to himself, this one who denied him three times, who denied him in the worst way possible. He let him die on his own after saying he would never abandon him to that. And Jesus brought this person who did the worst of things to him three times and restored him three times. That, dear ones, is the mercy of God. That's how I know God is merciful. I can't imagine what it was like to die on a cross. But it seems to me that it's even worse to die on a cross knowing that the ones who said they loved you have turned their backs on you. But Jesus shows us the more excellent way of love and mercy and restores Peter to himself. Now, some people have made a lot about the different kinds of love words that were said here. Jesus asked Peter if he agaped him, the service love, the kind of love of abandoning yourself, of giving yourself up for another. And Peter replied, you know I phileo you, you know I love you like a brother, you know I have affection for you. And Jesus asked him twice, do you have the kind of love that allows you to offer your life? Do you have that agape love that allows you to lay your life down in service to me, Peter? And twice Peter replied, you know I phileo you. And in a final sign of mercy, Jesus says to Peter, not do you agape me, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a brother? Do you have affection for me? And met Peter where he was. We may all feel like we would never abandon Jesus or deny Jesus or do something that denies Jesus. But I would be willing to bet that if we searched our hearts long enough, we would think of ways that we have done so. When we've not spoken words, we should have spoken. When we've not forgiven people, we should have been able to forgive because we have been forgiven much ourselves. When we have refused to serve others, we have refused to admit that we are Jesus' disciples. When we have refused to love, we have refused to admit that we are His people. When we have refused to care, When we have refused to see others with compassion, we have refused to follow Him. But He is so utterly merciful and willing to restore us. So much so, dear ones, that just as the risen Christ met them that day around that charcoal fire and meal of bread and fish, so the risen Christ meets us today around His table and a meal of bread and wine to speak our name and say, Do you love me?
to give us that opportunity to confess and be renewed. What will you do with this chance you have? As you come forward and He speaks your name and asks, do you love me? What will your heart say? God is merciful and meets us here today in this meal that Jesus has given us to restore us to God's self. Don't refuse this opportunity, but receive this grace with thanksgiving. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Amen.